Welcome back everybody to Positive Juju, hosted by Steady, always at the ready for you guys. I want to say a huge thank you to all of those who spread that Positive Juju and showed some support online. So Positive Juju now is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts is on the way. As far as getting that registered, it's something that you just have to apparently wait around a little bit for Google Podcasts to actually find yours. So I don't have an exact timeline, but hopefully soon. So thank you for showing love on those platforms. Of course, I appreciate any kind of support I can get as far as uh, reviews and likes and retweets and stuff like that. But really, only do it if you feel compelled to do so. Um, That you really did enjoy Positive Juju and you want to show some love. Don't just do it because I said so or asked you, okay? So a couple of topics I'm going to be talking about today. Uh, First is going to be the uh, Jujutsu Kaisen anime news. Uh, This is nothing official, it's uh, more just kind of rumors on the streets, the word on the streets so to speak, and predictions as to what's going to happen and uh, when we might be able to see that happening. And another topic that I'm going to be talking about is the recent flashback arc. So if for whatever reason you're listening to this podcast and aren't kept up with the manga, first of all thank you for your dedication, but um, there are going to be uh, some heavy spoilers so Please do keep that in mind. I'll uh, remind you again uh, once we start talking about it. So in the last class, if any of you guys even remember, I did say that I'll be talking about uh, Megumi's powers. I'm going to have to hold on to that. It's uh, I apologize, but there's a lot of things to cover today in terms of priority. But I promise it'll be in the next class. Uh, I'm doing a little bit of research on it, in fact, right now. So it'll be a good topic to talk about, and I think you guys will enjoy it. But otherwise, uh, I'm going to keep the tradition, uh, I guess, I one time is enough to make it a tradition? I don't know. <laughs> um, but the little Japanese lesson, i um, be doing that in today's class as well, since it seems like it was well received. And I'm going to try a fun little game today, suggested by Twitter handle BA2622. So that is going to be fun. I have a good feeling about this one. But without further ado, I think I hear Gojo-sensei on the way, and the bell's about to ring, so take your seats, let's get ready for class. So for our next topic, we are going to be talking about the most recent arc. Uh, So this is your spoiler warning. 
if you haven't been keeping up with the manga uh, anywhere, I think starting chapter 65, if I'm not mistaken, this is your opportunity to pause if you want to and come back later. Three, two, one. All right, we're ready to go. Hidden Inventory, the flashback arc. Now this arc kind of came without warning right after the Yasuhachi Bridge arc. Um, it, but it was very timely looking back on it now. Um, that being said, I think when we first saw these, you know, all the different teachers and kind of the higher grade sorcerers come up in this little flashback at the mansion, we really didn't have any idea that it was going to be a complete arc. Uh, after a couple of chapters that we were like, okay, this is a thing. But I know certainly translating it, I thought it was just going to be kind of a one-off or two off or something like that um, but I've been pleasantly surprised as it looks like a lot of the different readers have as well the two big kind of plot points that I see anyways overarching this flashback is the relationship between Geto and Gojo and the second one being uh, Riko-chan and her role as the star plasma vessel now let's start with Geto uh, his motives in the story and his uh, relationships with the other characters in the manga and the contrast that you can see with his character in the present day manga as compared to what he is in this flashback. Now, at first glance, the impression that you get with Geto in the flashback is, oh, he's such a kind dude and he's uh, very righteous and always looking to do the right thing. And to a certain degree, that is very true. But with all great antagonists, there's always that sort of sense of radicalism, right? They're always very set on their ways and very stubborn. It's my way or the highway kind of mentality, right? Uh, regardless of whether their motives are actually righteous, they see it that way. Compelling antagonists are usually very multi-layered, and there's almost moments where you can say oh yeah i can see what he means by that although it might not be right quote unquote they talk about it like in my hero academia stain for example they make it a plot point in there or another kind of from western comics uh, magneto from a certain perspective you're like oh yeah i guess so so with Geto and his relationships it makes it very very interesting because he clearly has a deep connection with uh, Gojo, for example. So it would seem on the surface, oh, why, why does he want to take down Gojo in the present day, for example, or take down the Jujutsu society? But let's be clear here, we know very little about Geto and what his character is and what his motives are. So we say, oh, what happened to you, Geto? You used to be such a kind boy, but who knows? Maybe he's being very manipulative. And I think regardless of what his motives are in the flashback or how far his radicalism really is in the present day he's doing a lot of manipulating and it shows with his curse manipulation ability so his relationship with these curses that he's working with right now uh jogo mahito hanami the squid one have you ever thought about the fact that they are curses albeit very high level special grade curses, he could potentially have them on the palm of his hand. We're not exactly sure how he does this in terms of his ability and how he gets curses on his side, but 
That would be amazing, kind of Geto and his four horsemen. I think it's going to end up being a lot more than just an enemy of my enemy is a friend situation and he's just working with them. I think there is an ulterior motive and he is either manipulating them for his own uses later on or I think uh, another cool twist would be if uh, maybe he's just undercover, who knows? Like I said, we know very, very little of him. So there is a chance that he is working undercover and working with Gojo. Probably not Jujutsu High as a whole, but possibly with Gojo. I mean, th these are just kind of fun fan theories that I think it's probably a slight chance, but it's fun to play with the idea. But I think the idea of him uh, having these ulterior motives is a lot more plausible. But as of where we are in the chapters right now, we know very little of him. So at this point, a lot of this is just kind of conjecture and just predictions and things like that. But let's get to something a little bit more concrete with Riko. Riko-chan, the star plasma vessel who's been a very compelling character in my opinion. I absolutely love her and I know a lot of the uh, readers do as well. But let's really talk about what she means in the overall story. Now, what a cute character. I mean, just her going back and forth, uh, her banter with Gojo and Geto, it's been absolutely hilarious for one. But that's exactly why this flashback arc has been so amazing, is that with all these kind of jokes and the Okinawa thing and just these real comedic moments, it overshadows the importance of what her character actually means. In the Jujutsu world, she is top priority, a very, very important commodity. And I know calling a person a commodity is terrible, but that's how a lot of the higher-ups see her that way, right? Her role is to merge with Master Tengen, a preventative measure to stop a possible extinction of the planet as we know it because Master Tengen could eventually go berserk as we were explained to by Yaga-sensei and Geto. By the way, the they say that sh her parents died in an accident or something, right? Um, I have a feeling that that's not an accident. It can't be, right? Probably set up uh, so she doesn't have attachments to this life, but who set it up is the question, right? And again, the, this is just my prediction. I don't have any information on this or anything like that. But regardless, so from what we've been told in the manga, uh, Riko-chan has been kind of, she she's aware of the situation. She seems to have lived a life where she's aware that she's the star plasma vessel and she does have this role in life. And she seems fairly comfortable with it and kind of confident with it. But is she really though? That's what makes her character so awesome. Do me a favor, if you've read chapter 70, uh, pages 16 and 17, where she's enjoying her time in Okinawa, going out with uh, Geto and Gojo and Kuroi, there's that huge two-page spread of her at the aquarium. Now just put that in your head real quick, okay? And listen to this. So I want you to kind of do your best to imagine what's kind of going through her head right now. She's a high school girl like any other, but with this huge responsibility, this destiny for isolation brought up, molded to become comfortable with the fact that she's gonna eventually have to merge with Master Tengen 
She acts strong on the outside, uh, reassuring people that she's comfortable, she's confident, and she knows what she has to do. But in her head, surely there's a certain level of conflict. She's destined for a life of isolation, away from those who she loves. In this case, Kuroi, her friends at school, and a future of her choice. Now, boom. Akutami-sensei hits us with this two-page spread. Now, you see it very differently now, right? I remember when I was translating, it just hit me so hard because I've been thinking about Amanai Riko's role in this whole situation. And what does she really feel, though? Because she acts strong, but in the inside, there's got to be conflict. She sees this ecosystem living together in harmony in this community. And perhaps there's a part of her that wants the same in her life. What a beautiful two-page spread. Akutami-sensei really did a marvelous job of giving us those funny moments. Uh, Gojo and Geto showing off their skills, the banter. But then it really hits home even harder because of that contrast. And how fun it's been for Riko. So this flashback arc has been very, very enlightening and has given us a lot of insight to the Jujutsu world. Uh, Geto, Gojo, obviously, hopefully we'll see more of Yeidi Shoko, uh, Geto and Gojo's classmate, the doctor lady. But hopefully all of you out there have been enjoying reading it as much as I have translating it. And I can't wait to see what happens in the following chapters. So another class, another Japanese lesson for you guys. We're going to keep it short and sweet, and we're going to be taking it from the most recent chapter at the time of this podcast, chapter 71. I guess this is actually kind of spoiler territory, so if you haven't read chapter 71 yet, please do so. I'll give you a second to pause it. Three, two, one. Okay, uh, now take a listen and uh, see if you can recognize where it's from. Once more. So I hope I didn't do uh, Gojo Sensei any disservice with my half-assed voice acting, but uh, that is indeed Gojo uh, after he gets stabbed and uh, Geto checks up on him and he says, meaning literally no problem. But we uh, had it translated and edited as it's fine in the manga. 
like we're good, no problem, it's fine. I think Mondai Nai is actually a great word to put in your Japanese repertoire. It can be used along the same lines as Daijobu. And Mondai Nai, literally, Mondai is problem and Nai is there isn't, so no problem. Kind of just thinking back、uh, in anime, they do use this quite frequently, I think,、uh, especially kind of like in battle and stuff.、Uh, someone will ask, Daijobu ka? Like, are you okay? And they'll be like, Mondai Nai or Daijobu. So, another quick little one.、Uh, I don't want this、uh, segment to be anything too extensive, like I said before, but something a little fun. And、uh, kind of relatable, and something that you can actually use in practical Japanese, not just textbook Japanese, right? That's the kind of stuff that I hate, and vice versa to teaching English that wouldn't typically be used to a Japanese person. I think it's, you know, they teach it as grammar points and things like that, but if you're not going to use it, it's not going to stick. So, I want to make it a point with these little lessons、um, that we're learning Japanese that you can. Actually, use if you do find yourself in such a situation, or maybe next time you're watching an anime or something, you'll pick it up and you'll be like, Hey, that's the one that Steady said on his podcast the other day.、Uh, that would be really cool. Let me know if that does happen, and I'll be thrilled to hear about it. Kaisen anime. For us manga fans, that is the, that's the biggie, right?、Uh, when is it going to happen? Who's going to be doing it? And the importance of it as far as the series' popularity and getting it more mainstreamed and increasing the fan base. It's no secret that an anime, depending on its quality, can be a huge boost to a series' popularity or can kind of put a little bit of a halt to it as well. I mean, the first one that comes to mind is My Hero Academia. It was a fairly popular manga when it first started, but once that anime came out, holy cow. It just Detroit smashed its way through the popularity charts.、Um, this is off topic a little bit, but that just reminds me why is it that Detroit Smash is the only one that's a city, whereas everything else is a state? Uh, California Smash, Missouri Smash, Oklahoma Smash. I guess Carolina Smash is, yeah, it's kind of there.、Um, but why? I mean, I, surely I can't be the first one to think about this, but maybe there's an answer out there. Maybe that's just one of those kind of anomalies that is, goes unaddressed. Anyways,、uh, so when is this anime for Jujutsu Kaisen going to happen? And who's going to be doing it? The question of will it happen, I think it's far gone. I mean, it's going to happen with the level of popularity that the manga has seen in Japan、um, and、uh, outside as well. It's, there's no way it's going to happen. I think they're just sitting 
on it for right now a little bit since Kimetsu is out right now, uh, Dr. Stone's out right now. So perhaps Jujutsu is kind of the next one in line. I would really be flabbergasted if... Flabbergasted, good word, huh? But if it's not already in the works to a certain degree, whether they're casting or really have even an animation team together, that would really surprise me. Something like this doesn't happen overnight. So if they're planning on releasing it possibly next year, uh, production is already underway, surely. I'm not an expert at it, but I would assume so. So with its level of popularity, you would hope that they're going to give it a significant amount of quality and time as far as uh, casting voice actors and animation is concerned. So when uh, I had kind of brought this up last year, a lot of people were talking about uh, different studios like Mappa or Production IG. But the rumor on the street, folks, is that Studio Bones is going to be doing it. Studio Bones, for those of you that don't really care about different animation studios and stuff like that, fair enough. Uh, but Studio Bones is the one that has done My Hero Academia. Uh, they did Mob Psycho, as well as uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Huge series, and of a very high quality, right? Those are just to name a few. There are others as well, but those are kind of the big names. Now, before we go all crazy here, these are just rumors. Uh, but I'm hoping where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, got this information from a couple of different sources. It's not me. Uh, I don't have any insider information or something. I assure you, as much as people think that I know these things or am personally informed about these kind of things, I don't. Um, so I'm going to have to give a big shout out to uh, Kid Otaku as well as Commodore Laz. They were a couple of the guys that uh, brought this to my attention, so uh, big shout outs to them. Uh, but even they say as well that these are just rumors, right? Um, and rumors can end up being truth oftentimes and sometimes really just bogus. So I'm not going to be doing some serious celebrating or anything quite yet myself. Um, but that would be huge. I mean, really. I know you guys aren't just Jujutsu Kaisen fans, uh, you guys have hopefully seen My Hero Academia, uh, Mob Psycho, and some of the battle animation that they have in those anime are just stellar. So seeing something like that with Jujutsu Kaisen would be amazing. And as I understand it, um, I'm not an expert on animation studios and things like that, but I've been kind of told that an animation studio is just the studio whereas you'll have different teams right uh, you'll have different team members within the animation studio and uh, different compositions so depending on who is directing it or who's working on it um, it can have very different feels um, as you can see with something like my hero and mob psycho um, it has two very different kind of animation feels but the quality is definitely there right now, if it turns out that this is just a rumor, of course, I mean, after being told something so hype like that, that would be disappointing. But I do have faith and I do have confidence that Shueisha will give the Jutsu Kaisen anime the quality that it deserves. They know that they've got something really special and they're not going to throw it away, give it a kind of a half-assed effort. I know the running joke is that people are scared that they're going to give it to Studio Piero. 
and with its track record recently, um, that would be a huge letdown and really put a swift slash through the hype that is Jutes Kaisen right now. So, and I'm pretty sure that they're aware of the consequences of announcing something like that. So even though it's really nerve-wracking to think of a outcome like that, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, they'll give it the quality that it deserves. So that leaves us with when is it going to happen at least. Looking at other manga that have been converted into anime, um, the kind of general consensus is that there's evidence that a manga with good popularity, the sweet spot as far as where the manga is in terms of chapters is kind of around 75 to 100, uh, where a anime announcement will happen. Jutsu Kaisen right now is kind of sitting on that threshold, right? Um, so around December, when Jump Festa happens, Jutsu Kaisen will have kind of entered that 80 chapter territory. So a lot of people think, uh, Kidotaku, myself included, and a couple other people thinking that uh, Jump Festa might be kind of a sweet spot as far as announcing a Jutsu Kaisen anime again. This is just a prediction. This is nothing official. I don't have that kind of information. It's just a prediction that I have, and I think it might be appropriate in terms of timing. But enough about that for right now. Uh, if some more news comes out about Jutsu Kaisen, obviously we'll talk about it here. If there's some more concrete rumors, so to speak, uh, we'll talk about that as well. But uh, let's leave it there for right now. Just kind of tuck it away in our pockets and uh, hope that it comes true. Damn, I really hope it does. Alright everyone, I hope you've done your studying up. Since it is class, we've got a little pop quiz for you, a little game. I've got three little questions for you, and for those of you who feel confident in your answers, even if you don't, if you want to just participate for the fun, please do. Go ahead and comment on my Twitter, on the podcast post. But if you can't be bothered by that, that's fine. Just go ahead and play in your head, but I'll be giving the questions now. And then in our next class, we're going to be going over the answers, see how well you did. Now don't cheat if you plan on commenting in Twitter. It's not like you win anything anyway. But here we go with the very first Jujutsu Sorcerer Aptitude Test. That's right, the JSATs. Daichimon! Question number one. Self-proclaimed best friend and brother of Itadori Yuji uses a curse technique which with a clap of his hands 
can switch places with anybody else or use it on two other people, and even inanimate objects to switch places. This curse technique was named after a music genre. What genre is it? Such a cool technique, really. So effective in the right hands and in the right situations, especially for Total. Such a great character to go along with the ability. Think about how powerful it would be in Dragon Ball Super's Tournament of Power. Uh, just jump off the edge, clap, done. Rinse and repeat, you know? But let us move on to question number two. Dai Nimon. Jujutsu Kaisen protagonist Itadori Yuji in his self-introduction to Principal Yaga mentions a certain somebody as his celebrity crush. Who is it? Now besides this one time, I think he mentioned it another time somewhere as well. I can't remember exactly when, but he mentions it at least once or twice. And for those of you paying attention will maybe remember. Think back, dig deep, but be on your toes because we're about to move on to question number three, our last question. Dai Samon. Now I'm going to try to make uh, the question number three, the last question, a little bit more trickier than the other ones, or maybe I just think it's tricky, but I'll try to make it a little bit of a head-scratcher. In Jujutsu Kaisen, there are two characters who share the same name, same first name and last name. Not that it really matters to those of you who are reading in English, but the first name one of the kanji used is different. So again, there are two characters in the manga who share the same name. So how's that one? A little bit trickier, I hope. I want to make it a little bit interesting, not too easy, you know, otherwise it's just boring. But like I said, to those of you that want to show off your Jujutsu Kaisen knowledge, go ahead and comment on my podcast Twitter post. Yes, it's one way to get some more comments. <laughs> But yeah, it's fun too. Go ahead and uh, let me know. Show off your knowledge as a special grade Jujutsu Sorcerer. Alongside Gojo, Okotsu, Geto, and what we assume is probably going to be the fourth one. Todo's uh, master. The one that kind of looks like Trish from Devil May Cry in the flashback when he was a kid. Now that's not confirmed or anything, but from one of the color pages that we've seen, she was lined up with the other three. So we can assume so. Can't wait to see what she's all about too. That about wraps it up for us today. Another class in the books. 
Positive Juju, class number two. Again, just a huge thank you to all of those who've supported so far, given me a chance, and to everyone who's been spreading the word on places like Twitter. I know my man Commodore Laz had a huge shout out for me in uh, one of his recent uh, YouTube videos. If you're a Jujutsu Kaisen fan and you're not watching his videos for some reason, uh, I highly recommend doing so. He has uh, reaction videos to uh, the chapters each week and it's uh, fun to just kind of share that love, share that experience uh, and see someone else's reaction to it as well. So uh, his name is Commodore Laz, L-A-Z. So go check him out both on Twitter and YouTube. And I know I had a few people uh, with suggestions on my Twitter in addition to the support. Uh, today's little quiz game was uh, a suggestion I got on Twitter as well. Uh, let me know what you guys are interested in hearing. I can't guarantee anything obviously, but I'm always happy to hear what you guys think. But otherwise, that's uh, pretty much all I got for today. I can't guarantee when the next episode will be up, but I'll be sure to let you know. Go ahead and uh, follow me on my Twitter at ReadySteady20. Again, that's at Ready, R-E-A-D-Y, Steady, S-T-E-A-D-Y, and 220, the numbers, ReadySteady20. Otherwise, this is your host, Steady, always at the ready, reminding you to spread that positive juju. Mata yoroshiku! お疲れ様でした